Welcome to the Venari podcast and the next episode in our Chief Commercial Officer series. I'm joined today by Amy Meharry, Chief Commercial Officer at Roy Vant Sciences. Amy's background is at EMD Serono and J&J, where she had progressively senior roles in sales, marketing and market access. In the podcast today, we're talking about starting to build a commercial team pre-phase two, developing people into great leaders and the fascinating hub and spoke model employed by Roy Vant. Hi, Amy. Welcome to the Venari podcast. Hi, Joe. Thank you for having me. Great to have you here. So you're currently Chief Commercial Officer at Royvant. Tell us a bit about the company and your current role. So Royvant Sciences is a biotechnology company that started in 2014. I just joined last year in August. Um, but as my role in, in Chief Commercial Officer, I'm responsible for the strategy of our organization from a commercial standpoint. And as it is our goal to commercialize drugs through what we call our hub and spoke model, um, I sit at the hub and at the spokes, we have what we call our vans. Um, my responsibilities trickle down to the vant level as well. So I'm involved in not only assessing the commercial opportunity for new assets as we bring them in and potentially build a vant around them, but also incubating those vans as startups and joining the leadership team. And eventually I replace myself um, and then continue on supporting the vant as they commercialize. So you've covered almost every aspect of the commercial function in your career. Uh, how is your experience across all those different functions influencing your strategy as Chief Commercial Officer at Royvant? So yeah, it's been a little over 20 years now of experience in multiple commercial roles, not just from a functional standpoint, covering sales, marketing, market access, but also in multiple therapeutic areas, right? Neurology, immunology, oncology, big and small indications as well, um, rare disease, different modalities. So um, I really think that I'm uniquely positioned in coming to an organization like Royvent that is not therapeutic area specific, right? It's a very agnostic and opportunistic strategy um, that I can add value and impact in multiple ways, playing multiple roles whenever I need to and being able to flex to fit in um, to what the needs are of the day. And you're from a big pharma background as well. How does that play into being a biotech CEO? Yeah, so it's it's a big transition, I would say. And, um, you know, from a, a big pharma and mid-sized pharma background, you learn the playbook, Right. What, what is the comprehensive set of resources, tools and plans that you would use to develop a drug, to launch a drug? Um, and uh, and that's all immensely valuable. But what you also learn is that there are a few things that are really required to do and do well. And everything else is really incremental. So when you move to a bio or a biotech organization, you have that opportunity to focus on what are the biggest levers that are going to move the needle, that are going to inform the big decisions, and you can let everything else fall away as incremental and optional. Thinking about your experience coming from being a mid-sized farmer, do you have any advice for executives in a similar position who want to get into biotech and, and be chief commercial officers at some point in their career? Yeah, I would say um, a couple of things. Number one, you know, pull all of your learnings from your career forward. You know, you will be rolling up your sleeves and getting involved in, in things, work that you haven't done probably for years. Uh, but I think that's one of the fun parts of this job. Um, but also, I would say on the biotech side, and I know that many of my colleagues feel similarly, is that you rely on your network very heavily in this space because resources are thin. You don't have teams of functional experts to call up and say, hey, what should we do about this? And what's your thought on that? But you do rely on your network of people that you've come across in your career very heavily. And it's a very reciprocal relationship as well. So being part of that ecosystem 
is um, is fun, enlightening, and uh, necessary. I would say. So let's talk a little bit about your current role at Royvant now. Um, you mentioned the hub and spoke model. Uh, I, that's kind of a, a bit self-explanatory, I suppose. But can you tell us a little bit more about how that actually works in the day-to-day and, and, and what that looks like for you? So, um, as I said, Royvent Sciences is in a hub and spoke organization, but that's really a means to an end. Our goal is to develop and deliver important medicines to patients as quickly as possible. Full stop. And the VANT model, what we call the VANT model, we think enables us to do that quicker. Um, And the reason that we believe that is because it balances the best of both worlds from a biotech and a big pharma perspective. You know, biotechs are really good at developing drugs. You can argue maybe big pharma, not as much, right? So how do we preserve what makes biotech companies really effective um, and successful at developing drugs? And, And that's because they're nimble, they have agility that's just not possible in big pharma. They're entrepreneurial by nature. There's clear accountability and also very clear incentive. So in our advance, we preserve that. And these companies are pure startups and they are, you know, go it alone, figure it out types of companies. But then we combine that with the scale of a pharma organization and having that backing from the hub, which enables us to do things um, a little bit more efficiently. So you're acting as CCO for uh, early stage vans at the moment. Um, I'm curious about how that feeds into your overall thoughts on building a commercial team, when to scale it and, and how to bring in commercial talent. When do you think is the right time and the ideal time to start adding commercial staff and talent to a biotech? As soon as possible, I think is the short answer. Um, But, you know, when we think about commercial, I think the tendency can be to think field sales reps, DTC, right? And that's part of commercial, absolutely. But it's not all of it. And really what commercial is, is asset strategy. It is the asset strategy engine of an organization. So as soon as you are thinking about what is the vision for this asset? What do we think it could be? That's when commercial needs to come in. So you need to have somebody um, in the form of whether it's new product planning or commercial strategy, marketing strategy, to be able to um, help shape programs with the end in mind. Because that's really what clinical development is, is reverse engineering, right? What do we want this asset to be? What's its potential? And then what needs to be true in order to enable that? And a lot of the things that need to be true are attached to commercial tactics and strategies. So uh, as early as possible is my answer. You, you talk, I think, about uh, you know helping your teams become leaders in their own right, helping them gain broad experience, not just in one area. Um, I guess similar in the way you were exposed to at EMD. How do you go about motivating and allowing your teams to achieve the corporate goals as well as their own personal goals? You know, I, I really think that people need to feel a sense of purpose at work. And that doesn't mean that the purpose of the organization needs to be their personal purpose. You know, they don't wake up in the morning and say, you know, I've always desired to revolutionize diabetes, right? Like that's not an expectation, but I guarantee you that most people have a desire to make an an important impact. And they're in this part of the industry because they feel a connection to patients or a connection to um, healthcare in general. And how do we tap into what drives them um, and what they want to be to help themselves and as a consequence, the organization be successful. So I tend to focus on if you make people successful and you optimize what they can deliver, then you don't need to worry about what they're going to deliver. That is a natural consequence, Um, but it takes time and focus. But there are 
really easy ways, I think, to do this in a continuous way. So it doesn't become a, you know, twice a year, we're going to talk about how are you doing and where do you want to go? What do you want to do? Allowing people to tag along simply in leadership meetings so that they can hear what is the conversation as you guys are preparing for a board meeting what are you talking about what are the questions you're expecting these things help people learn and they're very motivating and it democratizes information that you know we don't need to be uh, uh, hoarding information all the time let's let's be transparent so that people can learn final question i'd like to take a step back and get you to think about um what trends you think you're going to see and we're going to see in the coming years for both small biotechs um, uh, mid-sized companies like Royvant and then Big Pharma as well in commercial strategy. What, what do you think we're going to see more of? I think that's an entirely different podcast. <laughs> we can spend a lot of time on that. Um, but, you know, I, I think the most fundamental and biggest trend that we have in commercialization right now is, is really a continuation of the technology as an enabling partner, right? And that comes in multiple forms, whether you're talking about you know, digital health, digital marketing, AI, machine learning, um, advanced analytics, all of that is really designed to increase personalization, right? And customer experience to ultimately increase engagement. So that is how the whole model is changing, is to really create those customized experiences that will increase engagement, making brands more successful, delivering more value um, to, to the healthcare world in general. And, um, and I think that biotechs are probably uniquely positioned to drive this innovation because it's going to make us more efficient. Thanks so much, Amy. Really great to, to have you here. Um, appreciate you joining the Venari podcast and look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you, Joe.